Welcome to the latest episode of Women's Hockey Digest. I'm your host, Stephen Edwards, and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Emily Field from the Boston Pride and Elena Orlando from the Connecticut Wild. First up is Emily Field. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Emily Field from the Boston Pride. Emily, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Of course, yeah, it's going well. Hey, it's, it's great to have you on. It's another week of podcasts for the NWHL. Let's start by letting the listeners get to know you a bit better and find out when you first started playing hockey. Yeah, um, I actually started uh, in-house when I was about four years old, so it's pretty young. So how did that come about? Was it just something that you saw one day that you wanted to do, or how did that come about? Um, yeah, actually, so my older sister had played, or was playing at the time, and my father also played ice hockey, so kind of like in our blood and my family my dad's family's blood um, growing up and then my um, my grandmother on my mom's side is from Canada so that was like a you know a big sport for them up there so it was kind of that went naturally with it it would have been kind of weird then wouldn't it if you hadn't started actually playing <laughs> yeah it would have been a little I would have been shunned I think <laughs> who were some of the players that you looked up to growing up or liked watching on the on the tv or going out to the arena Oh, good question. Well, so I'm I'm originally from uh, Massachusetts, so I was always a Bruins fan uh, growing up. Um, so, you know, I was a big fan of uh, Iserman, too. Like, he played for the Red Wings. I really loved watching him. And then as far as girls hockey, I really, uh, probably around the age of, like, 12, 13, I started looking up to Megan Duggan, who actually is a captain of the national team now. Um, she was always a great role model. And, and once I started getting involved with um, the USA Hockey Program, she was always someone that I looked up to and strived to, uh, you know, be more like on the ice and off the ice as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, I mean, now, when you think about it, the, the, the game has grown so much that it's now much more available to everyone, whereas, like, obviously when you yourself were growing up, it wasn't like that. So was it, you know, you tended to, like, have to lean on watching the NHL, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I did watch, you know, the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, my college coach, Katie King, um, she or King Crowley now, but she she was an awesome player growing up, I remember. And Cammie Granado, you know, those are girls, the women that, you know, any any hockey player around my age, female hockey player, definitely knows who they are and watched them at some point growing up. But it was definitely not as, you know, available to watch from home like it is now. No, as you say, I mean, it's, it's, it's a completely different situation now than it um, obviously was back then for you. Other than hockey, yeah. was there any other sports you excelled in um, through through school? Yeah, so I actually um, really enjoyed field hockey. I That was a sport that my mom played um, in college, and I hadn't played it up until high school because I mostly focused on ice hockey. But when I got to prep school, I had to play um, more sports than just ice hockey. So I decided to give field hockey a whirl, and I actually ended up really enjoying it. And by the end of my high school career, I was decision of do I want to go to college and play ice hockey, or do I want to go to college and play field hockey, or go somewhere and play both. Um, and ultimately, I you know I decided to stick with ice hockey. It was something I was a little bit more comfortable with, and knew I probably had a little bit more of a career in the field hockey. But um, that was another sport that I really enjoyed playing. So you went to Boston College, and you was a very prolific goal scorer there. What do you remember most about your time there? Um, you know, I loved the university. I had a, I got a great education there. 
the ice hockey was obviously what um, was my main factor and, you know, what helped me decide where I wanted to go. And they had an awesome program. And I knew that the coaches uh, put a lot of effort and, and time and, um, you know, like brain power into the team that they chose. So, you know, I had a pretty good feeling that my teammates, once I got there, I would like them and get along with them and that, you know, they would be good people and good teammates. And they absolutely were. So, you know, when I think back, I definitely think about the teammates that I had over the four years, um, you know, where they are now and how much fun we had and you know, all those relationships that, for the most part, I, I still have with everyone. Did any of your teammates in college give you, like, a nickname? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I went by Fieldsy for the most part. Um, I still do with most of my athletic uh, friends, I guess I would say. Um, they call me Fieldsy, and then, you know, some of my roommates and friends would call me M, but mostly Fieldsy. Just before we move on to the NWHL side of things, um, we did have a Twitter question come in from Way Fun Guy who asks, will we see you play on the U.S. Women's National Team and possibly play in the Winter Olympics in the future? Um, I don't think so. I think my time with that program has you know, come to an end. Um, it was a tough decision you know, that... Unfortunately, I don't always get to make, um, but, you know, I think I've kind of moved past that and kind of started my professional career in the workplace and focused a little bit more on that as opposed to um, playing with the national team. Moving on to the National Women's Hockey League. Now, you've been in the league since the very start and you played in the very first All-Star game. And to me, when I look back at that, you had quite possibly one of the best goal celebrations I've seen. Who came up with the idea for that? Um, I don't, honestly, I don't totally remember. It probably was me. I remember on the bench we were talking because we were just trying to have fun, and, um, give all the fans that come out a good show and, and kind of show our personalities a little bit more than you would typically see in a game. Um, and, you know, I remember just talking like next person that scores do a crazy celebration <laughs> and somehow that had come up and it just so happened to be me that scored next. So I kind of got to, uh, do that one the only thing that it reminded me of watching it back again um so it's been a while since i'd looked at it was the the, the famous uh tv solani um goal celebration where he threw his glove in the <laughs> air and shot the glove out of the air with a hockey stick yeah it kind of yeah. reminded me of that a little bit and of course with solani being inducted to the hall of fame this week um so of course that's been played again and it kind of made me compare the two to a point but hell of a goal celebration Thank you. Thank you. So part of obviously the Boston team uh, right from the get-go and you win the very first cup. You winning the cup in the first season. I mean, how did that feel? That was amazing. Um, That's something that, you know, I'll keep with me and close to my heart forever. Um, We had an awesome team, you know, who had gone through a lot that year. So to finish with the cup was just amazing it was like a true you know it felt like everything had come full circle kind of in a way that I hadn't really experienced before and so that was you know really amazing and it's something that I don't think I'll ever be able to forget I think in a way is it like extra special that you can honestly say that you as a part of the first team that won the first cup that there is only one first team that wins that first cup yeah absolutely I mean anybody that's going to look back on it probably will at some point look up you know, the first team to win it, who was on that team. And I think that's pretty special. Um, and even just to share that, that moment with my teammates is amazing. Cause 
you know, the team probably will never be the same in coming years or, and, you know, it obviously hasn't been since then. So it's really pretty special to have that kind of bond with that group of girls. And then, of course, following on into season two, you then lose to, to Buffalo. And it's a completely different feeling. It's You've gone from winning the cup in year one to then losing the cup in year two. It's it, it must be hard when you've gone through the euphoria and then all of a sudden you've then got that down moment. Yeah, it definitely wasn't exciting to lose. Um, however, you don't know you're going to lose until that buzzer rings. So it wasn't really until after that you really think about it because, you know, you're obviously giving everything you have up until the last second when the clock runs out. And, you know, it's something that I really think about too much. I would have loved to win it um, again a second year in a row, but I think it's definitely a hard trophy to win and playing just one game is, you know, it's pretty tough to go into it knowing that, you know, it's just one game, you have to win it. Um, and it comes down to just your whole season comes down to one game is kind of hard to think about, but uh, definitely wasn't as awesome as winning. But, you know, you, I wasn't going into that game expecting that we were going to win. Um, you know, I felt like we were going to win. I had all the confidence in the world that we were going to win. But, you know, you never expect to win to win games. That's kind of how I feel like you end up losing them. No, Suzanne, and it's, I always find it's it's so much more difficult to retain a cup than it is to actually winning in the first place so the, the pressure on you to be able to retain that and obviously it would be interesting how Buffalo do this season because obviously they've got that pressure on to try and retain it do you feel that as a player or do you you don't even give that a second thought um you know honestly that's I don't really put too much thought into those types of things I think some people might um but I go into every game the same um just as focused as the next game and the game before it um, and the next game after it, you know, it's kind of, I think at this level, something that, you know, all of us have been able to do. And if, if you can't go into every single game as prepared as possible, then, you know, you're going to have a pretty tough season. So yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. I think that they'll probably have, I think Buffalo definitely has a little bit of a target, you know, because they want it, but I don't think that that means too much until you get to that point in the season. No, absolutely. And, and obviously looking at the season as it's unfolded so far, unfortunately the Pride have lost all three of their games so far. What do you think has been the biggest issue? Uh, you know, I think it's just goal scoring. Um, our first two games that we lost, we we only put up two goals, I, I think it was. And it's you're not going to – I think it's pretty rare, especially at this level, to win a game if you score one goal. It's hard to do. Um, I think we definitely just need to find the back of the net a little bit more and trust the process. And I think that, you know, we will see a different uh, outcome. And obviously talking about one of the games you, you, that you played in the early part of the season where you lost very narrowly to Connecticut 2-1, to one. you you played them this upcoming weekend. What are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think we're definitely out for blood to get our first win here. Um, we know that, you know, the season obviously – it might be long, but it's not um, a lot of games. So, you know, we know that we need to start getting some W's on that score sheet. And I think we're all pretty excited to get some revenge against them. As it's obviously the second time around to play the teams now, has the coach talked to you about making some adjustments as to what happened last time and trying to obviously change those things going into this game? Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about that yet. I'm sure that we will come Wednesday and definitely Friday at practice. He'll definitely have a 
a great game plan going into it. Um, and I'm sure that he, he's going to be watching video about the other games that Connecticut has played, not even just ours. Um, but, yeah, that definitely will be some sort of preparation that we have. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining me uh, today, Emily. I just want to wish you and the team all the best for this season. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Steve. Great stuff from Emily. Now time for Elena Orlando. Delighted to be joined on the podcast by Elena Orlando from the Connecticut Whale. Elena, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going? Great. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. We get to talk some Connecticut Whale hockey and we'll learn a bit more about yourself and, and everything else for the listeners. So it's always a great time. So to give the listeners a bit of an insight into where it all began, uh, when did you first start playing hockey? Uh, I first started when I was five. I started playing roller hockey in California and then slowly transitioned into ice. How much different was that? Or was it quite an easy transition from roller hockey over to the ice itself? Um, the concept is the same and a lot of like the skating technique is the same, the same, but, um, there are some differences like stopping, like you can't, the way you stop in roller hockey, you do like a turn instead of like doing like a quick, like two foot stop, like you do in ice hockey. So it was some, a little bit of adjustment, but not too much. See, for me, I, I've never put skates on. I've never put roller skates on. So I, I think I pretty much spent my whole life just keeping my feet firmly on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, my, my youngest very much wants to play ice hockey. I'm just going to leave him to it, but I can't do it. Um, when you started playing ice hockey um, and growing up as well, who were some of the players you used to enjoy watching? Um, in the NHL, I was a big Joe Thornton fan. I think he's a great player. He's still playing, and... I think he's super talented. He's a great playmaker. He's got great vision and great hockey sense. So that was someone I always looked up to. And then, like, on the women's side, like, obviously, like, Cami Granado, like, she was a huge role model growing up for women's hockey and, like, in the Olympics and everything. So those are, like, the two people I kind of looked up to and wanted to model my game after. And with you being from California, I always associate Joe Thornton being a, a, a California guy playing for San Jose. Yeah, yeah. He's. It was always we used to go to Sharks games like growing up. So like my family and I. So like it was always great to like watch him in person. It's interesting because it leads me into um, a couple of questions sent in from Mike Murphy, and he says you're one of the growing number of American players from California. Do you feel that the women's game is growing on the West Coast? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's exciting to see like more and more girls from California going D one. Um, like growing up, I'd say boys hockey because there wasn't a lot of options for girls, but now there's more programs and more girls are playing and a lot of the NHL teams are starting to try to get more girls into like, into their like youth programs and everything. So it's, it's super exciting to watch. I think it's going to like grow and grow, isn't it? I mean, when you look at how much the women's game has grown, even over the last five years, you can't imagine maybe what it looks like in another five years time. I know. I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting um, to see how much it does actually develop. And just want to touch on one other thing that uh, Mike sent over. And he says, as a nurse, do you ever feel tempted to help the trainer when there's an injury? <laughs> um, no, not really. 
Uh, our training staff is great. They have tons of experience and have done been doing their trains. They've been doing this for years. They they know sports injuries better than anybody else. So I let them take care of that. So you just concentrate on playing on the ice, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for those questions, Mike. I just want to before we go on to the NWHL side of things. Um, you played in Sweden. What was that like? It was great. I had a lot of fun. Um, there's obviously a language barrier, so like it was very interesting. Like the the coach, he was great about like saying things in English and everything. But he'd be coaching in Swedish one time, and then like the next second, like have to like translate it for me. But everyone was very helpful. They were great at that explaining things to me. Like if refs were saying stuff in Swedish, they'd be like, "Oh, he's saying this," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> Are you glad you had the opportunity to play over there? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like it was, it was great to see how pro leagues are in other countries. So, and to be able to travel and explore Europe a bit, it was, it was a great opportunity. And Sweden's a, a hotbed for hockey, as, as we all know. And, and funny enough, for myself, I've just got back from watching the NHL over there over the weekend. So, you know, Sweden is a huge hockey country for for anyone that hasn't been there. So, having the opportunity to play over there is a is a really great experience. And then, of course, when that came to an end, you then had the opportunity to play in the NWHL. How did that opportunity come about, and when did you first hear about it? Um, I came back and I was kind of thinking my career might have been over at that point. And then it's funny because my dad like sent me an email and was like, Hey, like, did you see this? Like what, like the league that's going to be starting up. And I was like, no, I didn't. And so then I kind of looked into it and then they were holding tryouts uh, for each team. So then I went to the Connecticut tryout and I went to the New York tryout and from there they asked us to go to the tur- like the Beantown tournament and play as like the second step of tryouts and so from there I got signed by the Riveters so it was a very exciting journey to learn about it and realize that there was another I could continue my career in the United States and get paid to play so yeah and I think it's it's kind of interesting isn't it because now with the the league where it is now like you know players can actually see like a like a route to playing a professional league if the opportunity does arise for them Whereas, you know, some of the the older players in the league, they've I've spoken to some of you and you've had to leave hockey and then kind of like pick up your career again once the NWHL started. So it's it's a, it's going to be a lot easier to transition. Yeah, definitely. Because when I was done with college, the options were you can either go play in Europe or unless you're going to make the national team, like that was kind of it, like you can continue playing like gear league hockey but there wasn't really a next step to go to so now that like the opportunity is there for people in college to be like okay well i can stay in the united states and like i can play here and really to see it grow has been incredible how proud are you to be an original member of the league i mean obviously like you've got like new players coming all the time but you can actually say well i've been here since day one i i'm pretty proud of it (laughs) I think it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing to be able to say where like I've been here since day one. It's been really awesome to see like how the league has changed over the years and like new partnerships like with the Devils and the Riveters. Mm. Like it's really great to be able to see like how each year has changed, and it makes me excited for how next year is going to be too. 
you received a, an NWHL Foundation Award earlier this year. How proud of you of that? Uh, I'm extremely proud of that. That's like one of my most proud like accomplishments, um, being able to help grow the sport for young girls. Um, I think it's just like it's very important because we were like I was there at one point. Like all the, everyone in the league was there at one point. Like we were those kids, mm-hmm. and so like to give them the opportunity to like grow the sport and give them the next step is like, it was a great honor to be recognized for that. Absolutely. And you, you touched on earlier on when you first started playing the league, you were part of the Riveters, you're now part of the Whale. Of course, the Riveters are off to a, a really good start, a 3-0. and If they're right, would you like them to be unbeaten when they play you again so maybe you can put one over on your old team? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I kind of like that, be able to be the one to break their streak. In terms of um, this season for the Whale, how do you think the Whale have done so far this season? Because obviously at the moment you've you've won one and lost two. Uh, I think that we are really growing. I think we have a great foundation and a great team. And we're, everyone's just getting that chemistry going, getting systems all figured out and everything. I think that we're going to surprise a lot of people that I know in the beginning of the season, a lot of people had us kind of counted out for they didn't think we were going to be doing that great this season but I think we're going to surprise a lot of people I think from what I've seen of the team so far you're going to be a team that's going to want to try and grind out a result you might win some very very close games and very tight ones yeah definitely I think we're like hard working hockey is kind of a, a motto to put for us and this weekend you played a pride who are off to a bad start at the moment. They haven't won a game so far. What are your thoughts going into that game? Uh, never to, you know, we can't count them out. Just because they've been off to a bad start, we can't just assume we're going to go in there and, you know, continue that streak for them. Like we need to go in there just like every other game, as hard as we can, hard hockey, you know, play our best we can't go in there with the expectations that we're going to win i think the way i look at it in terms of going into any game like that is to almost like ignore the record because if you start looking at that you start maybe reading a bit too much into it and a team can start off a winning streak straight on that game so for me i always tend to try and ignore records to be honest yeah i agree with you 100 percent. you know it's kind of forget the past it's always about the present and like what's going to happen so I think that's a great way to look at it. Well, Elena, all the best for this weekend. All the best for the coming season, not only for yourself, but the whale as well. And it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time chatting with you. Great stuff from Elena. And that just about wraps up tonight's episode. I'd like to thank Emily Field and Elena Orlando for joining me on Women's Hockey Digest. You can find all the relevant social media links in the notes for the episode, including their Twitter handles. Every week I'll be joined by players from the NWHL to discuss all things NWHL from a player's perspective. But for now, I've been your host Stephen Edwards and you can find me on Twitter at TalkSportStephen. You can find the podcast at WH Digest. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. All the details will be in the episode notes. But until next time, it's a good night from me.